1: All right, Entree Architect Community, welcome to the backstage area of Context and Clarity. Every Thursday afternoon on Context and Clarity Live, Catherine McPhail and I, and our live audience, talk with a special guest to search for clarity around the things that matter most to you, the architect, no matter what your context is. You may be the employee of a firm dreaming of doing your own thing, or maybe you've had a firm for a year, or 10 years, or 20 years. And you're starting to rethink or reimagine what that firm could or maybe even should be. Every week, we cover topics that fall under the broad umbrella of the business of architecture. And they're all the need to know topics for the success of architects just like you. If we've never met before, my name is Jeff Eccles. And what you're about to listen to is the audio recording of a conversation that my co host, Catherine McPhail, and I had with a special guest. Or will it be guests? from the Context and Clarity community, all of this to break down last week's Context and Clarity Live conversation. So thanks for joining us as we all share our biggest takeaways and look for ways to apply what we heard in the Context and Clarity Live conversation to our own businesses. Let's get into it. This episode of the Context and Clarity podcast is supported by Infratech. Bring indoor comfort to outdoor living with Infratech Comfort Heaters. Welcome to the backstage area of the Context and Clarity Studios. This week on Context and Clarity Live, Catherine McPhail and I talked to Patty Harris. She's an attorney and an entrepreneur and the founder and CEO of Licensure LLC. And we wanted to know what our audience thought about the conversation with Patty. So we've invited Christian Nielsen Palacios and Ken Crutcher to join us backstage. Christian is an architect, a spec writer, and a translator in Ithaca, New York, and Ken is an architect and educator with a mobile studio, I might add, and it's sometimes parked in Farmington near Detroit, Michigan. So Christian and Ken, welcome backstage.
3: Thanks for having us.
1: Hello. Glad that you're here. Um, So for those of you out there in podcast land, as you listen to this, we just wrapped up the conversation with Patty Harris. Um, This... Let me give a little bit of background, I guess, because maybe six weeks ago we talked to Zach Waters, who's a risk management professional. He's the founder of Black Swan Risk Management. We talked about insurance, you know, and professional liability, general liability, all those things, and we realized in that conversation that we really needed to have a conversation with an attorney. So fast forward to today, we had Patty, um, and <laughs> I, I, there's a a Part of me that feels like the more we talk, the more worms come out of the can um, it it uh there's a lot when we're talking about licensure and business entities uh like we did with Patty today. There is a lot uh, with all the fifty states differences in the fifty states, different nuances and and everything so i I'm really curious to hear what everybody took away from this conversation
4: well. Wow. When I was in school, I, I went to visit, um and I forget the name of the firm now, but there's an architect's office, we went on a tour, and this architect had a registration seal from every state, all 50 states. It was a huge wall, so he had a C, he was registered in all 50 states. Wow. And I I said, I want one of those. And now, after hearing this conversation, I'm not so sure about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> How many do you have at this point?
4: I just have one, but okay. I, my plan was to get, if I have an opportunity to get one in another state under project, I'd, you know, get license and, and get reciprocity and go after it. But um, I have any second thoughts about that now. I'm here. You introduced me
3: as an architect, spec writer, and translator. And after today's conversation, maybe I'll just be a translator. Um, because, uh, you know, this is so complex. It's ridiculous. You know, I'm, I'm, uh, dreading or, or, or worried about the fact that this is a federal, uh, country where we have 50 different options and requirements and they're not the same. And I'm wondering if that's one thing that the, maybe the AIA could, uh, lobby for to, to have one set of regulations for all 50 states. But, uh, I'm not, uh, optimistic.
2: No, no. You know what you need to do? Just watch some movie on Netflix tonight. You'll forget all about it, and you just can go back to how happy you were this morning, Christian. I know how you feel. That's what I. That's what I do when I think about the stressfulness of of the legality of everything because it's it is overwhelming. And um, one one thing I got out of it is that I think I would really like to actually be a lawyer because I love all those little rules and nuances and things like you can't do this in this state, but you can do that in that state. And so, you know, it is kind of interesting on that level.
3: Yeah. I need to rewatch some presentations that I think I mentioned in Clubhouse this morning. I am a member of Skip, the SCIT, uh, specifications consultants in independent practice. And their annual meeting was last week and there were some very good presentations. And at least one of them, the presenters were lawyers and they were talking about similar things. So I need to rewatch those two because I know that there are spec writers out there who are not architects. Therefore, they're not. Design professionals and, and they make a living.
4: So I need to understand what the loopholes are in, in that sense. I'd be interested in organizations. If you could send me some information on that, I'd be Mm -hmm. interested in that. But Mm -hmm. one, one thing I had, the question I had was you're talking about getting work in different states as an architect. I, you know, I I have my business card and it just says, you know, architect on it. Should it say Michigan architect? So if I hand it out to someone in a different state, it doesn't imply that I'm, you know, trying to go after work there or that I'm, I'm that I'm trying to be an architect yes. in that state
5: yeah. might,
4: might be a safe thing to do.
1: Yeah, I mean the example that Patty used relative to business cards was Nevada, and she said, yeah. hand, the, "Hand the business card, and, and Nevada's going to going to ding you." Now, one thought that popped into my head, which is similar to what you're saying, Ken, is if I if I had a business card that said architect and there was an address that was in in downtown chicago let's say and i was at a conference convention in nevada and handed that to someone surely nevada does not conflate that in my mind that's a networking action at that point but surely nevada doesn't conflate that to um to to being an offer as as patty said uh, be, and, and I'm justifying that by the fact that the address is Chicago, not downtown Las Vegas or something like that. But I, I didn't ask that question. So.
3: Well, I asked a lot of but questions. That's another subtlety. I suspect mm-hmm. that I'm going to have to uh, hire her for at least an hour or so to ask her all my questions. But uh, one of them was, can I call myself an architecto? Since I am also architecto. Or or does the U.S. law forbid you from using every language's equivalent for the word architect? Mm,
2: My guess is yes. It sounds a lot like architect, so it's not like you need special Spanish skills to know what you're saying.
1: And I think the problem goes back to your initial point, Christian. It's federal, so there's 50 different versions. (laughs) <laughs> do, do you have yeah, to no. You know what does Indiana say about architecto versus New York
5: about architect- architecto architecto
4: no, no, no. here's, here's, here's a subtlety I can't say architect if I'm in New York but if I use the Webster's definition of architect then I use that so I'm not actually calling myself an architect but the definition of an architect
2: well, does yeah. it matter where you're calling yourself? <laughs> this can you just be at a party, like at a cocktail party, and you say, "What do you do?" I'll just don't ask. Don't ask what I do.
3: Can I? Can I, I call can't myself talk
2: about it? <laughs>
3: can I call I myself a doing solutions doing. architect?
2: Yeah, so yeah, there you go, Christian. You can call yourself a, a IT architect. Yeah. Well, no,
3: I don't even have to say IT. I say I'm a solutions architect, mm-hmm. and and that seems to be allowed and uh yeah. and then when they ask me what I do I I give solutions to other architects by you know reviewing their drawings and writing their specs
2: no well, I don't think they're going to jump out of the woodwork at the moment when you say what you do it will be later when you're doing it i mm-hmm. think Right yeah, yeah. But so, you know, we earlier, Christian, you had said that maybe you're just going to be a translator and forget. I think one of your questions was, if I give up my architect license, then can I do yeah. whatever I want? And we yeah. didn't really touch on that because that's what I'd like to know. Can we ever get out of it or are we all stuck forever? Yeah, we can't if, drop our architecture license. If
3: If to offer, quote unquote, professional services, you have to be licensed. I think that means that if you're not licensed, your services are not professional. So is is that a loophole too,
4: you know?
2: But can you go back? I'd just like to know that.
4: It's like a scarlet letter. Once you're licensed, you're you're always it. always scarred for life. <laughs>
3: well yeah. I don't know, because I think uh, Leslie Divall has asked similar questions. You know, she's not interested no. in, in doing all the whole range of architectural services and she therefore let her uh, license lapse. And, uh, apparently, if from what we're talking about here, that that is, uh, moot, uh, action because, you know, we, we all keep saying, well, to me, you're always going to be an architect. Well, we mean it as a compliment kind of thing, but, but if to the state of Florida and North Carolina and California, she's always an architect, whether or not she has a license, you know, that's another interesting point.
1: Well, and. So, the answer to that gets down to I think it was one of the first things when when Patty was talking about setting these things up. She talked about looking at what an, are you doing architecture, you know, according to this state, whatever this state is, are you doing, quote unquote, doing art? Yeah. And I think if I remember back to one of the conversations we had this week, Leslie talked about the research. She's obviously been digging into this. Especially in Florida, um, and she has found out what she can and can't do as a now non-architect. You know, with an architect with a lapsed license, so she can't. You know, she said she can't do these things. She can't provide the professional services. But as Patty said, there are exempt things. The easiest example is probably residential well and... that
2: just doesn't clear anything up that yeah, just doesn't no, clear I... anything up why am i registered here if i can do it here without having to be registered if i can if i can design houses here without being registered why am i registered and then if i get rid of my or license why if i get rid of my license and that what does that mean i mean
4: well that that goes back to the discussion that's been going is ongoing often on discussion about license or not license to get licensed um like I say, if you're you're not doing work with that's not exempt in your state, why bother getting licensed? Yeah. But there's folks who are who are not licensed doing work that isn't exempt. You know, because you go work for a firm, you still can do the work. Mm. Um and I've actually just recently been approached for this the second time, third time this year, but being architect of record for a firm who wants to do work in Michigan, but they're not licensed. Uh, one was an out of state firm, so they just wanted to be a local architect. But another is a group from here that just, they don't, they don't have a licensed p- partner in their firm, but they're going, they're going after commercial work. And now they're not licensed, but they're trying to do work basically on some competition with me. But when I hire me as architect of record, which they can because I am licensed.
2: But so, you didn't say yes, they couldn't do the work. You know, and it, then you could do the work instead.
4: One of my professors a long time ago told me when talking about getting because I was that was one of the things when I started my office I wasn't licensed and I started doing work and I, I did research to find out what was exempt of what I could actually do. and that's what I did. Um, but his uh, one of the things I, I told him was uh, if I was going to do a larger project or something I didn't need to have a licensed architect working for me. I'd hire someone or work with someone or partner with someone who was licensed to do the project and he brought up a good point that. Because so when you're starting to do that, charging for it, you, you, know, you don't want to do do it for less money or less money than you would make doing it. Because you don't want to try to make it cost effective for someone to hire a non-licensed person who's going to hire or just work with someone who's licensed, as opposed to just hiring a licensed person for the same fee or for more fee. So, um mm-hmm. I make it a point that, you know, whatever I'm, I'll, I'll be architect of record, but it, it can't be cost effective. So yes, I'm going to charge just like I would be if I was the architect. So now your fee as an unlicensed partner should be higher than mine. If it wasn't? That's just that this doesn't make sense to not do it that way. Yeah. But then yeah. to answer your question, like, that you're talking about whether you want to get licensed or not. That is the reason to get licensed because in, um, in your state, Michigan, there's an exemption. For single-family houses under thirty-five hundred square feet, and I've often, I've run into some people who are trying to do houses that start in you know the big mansions start getting to that range where you know three thousand three three thousand three hundred fifty square feet and you don't have to get licensed you, know, you add a one more bedroom and now you have to be licensed to do the house. True. Sure.
1: Well, and, and you made a really great point too just a second ago where you're saying. That, you know, pick, pick, um, what, what's a, what's a big firm in, in Detroit? the Smith Group up there? Smith Group. Yeah. Uh, They're everywhere. Right? Yeah. So in Detroit at Smith Group, there are unlicensed people working there that are doing the same work as licensed architects. And, um, and that's okay. Right. I mean, it's, that's their job. It's it's being overseen by, you know, so theoretically by someone else, and they're not going to be stamping it. The design partner, or whoever is is uh, in charge of stamping it for that particular office, um, is going to do it. And it's it just it it just really feels like the more words that come out of our mouths when we talk about this, the bigger the can of worms gets. Yeah, I mean it's. There's so much
3: nuance. I used to work for a firm that had offices all over New York State and New Jersey and Delaware, and I know I did work for projects in New Jersey and Delaware, and I was already licensed. So, did I break the law? Did they break the law? I have no idea. In in what way, break the law? In in the sense that I was practicing in a state where I'm not licensed. Oh, I see. I was practicing, you know, from Ithaca, New York, but I, I was doing projects or involved in projects anyway in uh, Delaware and New Jersey. Mm-hmm. But it was all done under the umbrella of the big firm and, and the partner in charge was licensed in those uh, states and uh, he would be the one
4: stamping and signing the drawings. Yes, yeah, so I
5: don't like think the, so.
4: It seemed like the this Distinction is if you're the architect of record, or the architect, or professional, or the responsible charge.
5: Mm-hmm. That's well, the
4: person that needs to be licensed in that state, and if you're working under, or for, or with them, as long as that's the person yeah. in charge.
3: That's kind of what I thought, but then Tim uh, Dearborn posted a, an excerpt from California about uh, why you need a license for, and
4: it said to uh offer or perform or be in control of
3: a bunch of things. And and that included specifications in there.
5: Mm. And
3: those ors bother me because yeah, I'm not in control. I'm not in responsible charge of the thing, but I am offering and performing. So of the three things that I'm
4: not supposed to do, I'm doing too. Technically you're not doing the spec. The person that hired you is doing the spec. You're doing the spec for them.
3: that's, that's, that's what I want to hear, but I don't think that's yeah. what the text says. Yeah. But your your interpretation is uh, the one I want, but yeah. you know, a, a strict reading of, of the text scares me. I
5: Here's
2: think the problem though. Is... Go
3: ahead. Oh,
2: sorry, Jeff. Well, I was just going to say that when people post on Entree Architect about, well, in California or New Jersey, you can do this or that. It's, it's different, like she said, in every single state. And so, yeah. um, just because they're saying that in California, maybe if you have clients that would be, let's say, in Michigan and it looks like Arkansas, you want to stay away from. But that you could just find out which states you actually can work in, because I'm sure, or do the specification consulting. Really, is what is what you're doing? Or are you writing them the with specs? Without yeah, writing some,
3: them, in some cases, I am. Yeah.
2: Well, so, so I mean, I think it's just a matter. I I understand that you're discouraged, but I think it's just a matter of get, seeing which states you can work. In. Well,
3: it's not so much discouraged as scared. I want to. So I guess I'm, I guess it's a be out of trouble. Yeah. Which is also the, the reason many of us. I think it's a matter of
4: who's the, who's hiring you to do this spec.
3: Well, other architects or other sorry, specifiers, other architects or specifiers are the ones hiring me. But, uh, again, and, and also I, I just wanted to be protected. And that's also why I incorporated, uh, as an LLC, which apparently is the wrong type of entity for New York State. And I know there's several Antriarchitect members in New York State who are LLCs. So are we all wrong?
1: Did that come down to, did I catch that there's a difference between whether you're a sole proprietor or, you know, a larger, a larger entity on the LLC discussion? That I didn't, I'm not sure I quite understood everything that, that Patty was saying about that, but, the, as a sole proprietor, that's not a, that's not a business entity. And of course, she did say that yeah. your, your insurance is, is the part that
3: takes the, uh, yeah. takes the personal liability away from you. Yeah. But so does, was my incorporation and exercise in futility? Was I just fine not doing it? Well, you no, know, uh, you know I, th-
4: we- I think the point, the- I thought the point was that you're, you're having a LLC or PC or incorporation incorpor- was just protecting you personally with, from business liabilities by having this sh- shield or being contained by a, a separate business entity. That's the difference, I think. And, but some, and, and I, it, it seems like, I guess it's different in every state, but your professional liability is different than a corporate liability. And that's something that, you know, that, that goes through the corporate. The corporate protection, but in my case and that of many other
3: listeners, we are just us. So, so therefore, like the LLP that she mentioned, which is limited liability partnership, doesn't make at least grammatical sense because to be in a partnership that means there's at least two people.
2: Yeah, I think have to have two people in that.
3: And I, I don't have a partner, and I don't want a partner. But uh, she also had that fantastic sentence that is almost meme-worthy. Uh, yeah. How was it that it uh, negligence, negligence pierces, pierces. The corporate
2: veil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, Which I put on the screen for a little while. I hope everyone saw that. I thought I, that was funny.
3: yeah, yeah. I saw it. Uh, yeah,
2: it's disturbing. Yeah. Well, but I'm but, thinking if yeah. I
3: ever get a tattoo, it's going to be that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Christian, you have to get a tattoo that says that. I, I was going to write it on my monitor just so I could look at it every every day. Oh. Was, um, but, but that's where the liability insurance comes in, though, in terms of being scared of whatever. I mean, I guess just thinking, well, what could happen?
4: Well, my screensaver says I have to keep reminding myself that I'm an adult and will be charged as one.
2: Wow. Is that what your screensaver says? <laughs> this is cherry topics.
5: Yes.
4: That's probably
1: the computer that the kids used to use. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
3: Catherine, you said you wanted to be a lawyer and and I do. I I just don't feel that I have the, neither the time nor the finances to pursue that, you know. But, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I've always been fascinated by all these legal aspects of our profession and the construction world. And, uh, that's why I pay so much importance to the front end and the contracts and stuff.
1: In the last few years, premium outdoor spaces have become a must-have architectural feature, and Infratech outdoor electric heating systems have become the brand of choice among leading architects. Infratech heaters provide energy-efficient, ambient warmth that allows homeowners to live outdoors during the cooler months. Clients love them because they can enjoy up to 100 more nights a year outside. Architects love them because of their unparalleled versatility from heater capacities and colors to mounting options that can either seamlessly disappear or accentuate a space with beautiful decorative coverings. They're also the only comfort heat company to offer smart home integration and hands-free voice activated control. For over 60 years, Infratech has made their products in the United States at competitive prices. They offer incredible design and live technical support at every stage of the job. Infratech is specified at the world's most prestigious properties. Learn why and sign up for a free consultation at infrotech usacom forward slash podcast. You know, where I live in Indianapolis, fall is a beautiful time of year. Right now the leaves are orange and yellow, and there's a wonderful Christmas in the air. But let's be honest: as beautiful as it is, sitting on the porch and shivering as I watch the neighborhood go by starts to lose its appeal. I guess it's time to consider an InfraTech heating system so that I can sit outside at least until all of the leaves have fallen.
3: I also like that thing about the it depends I, I mentioned in. in Clubhouse this morning, but I want to repeat it here for posterity that uh, one of those SCIP lecturers uh, was saying that his advice to all law students is that throughout their three years of school, every answer to every exam has to begin with the words, it depends, and they will end up at the top of their class.
1: uh <laughs> <laughs> That bothers me a
4: little, a little bit. <laughs> Wait, well, you know, Chris, that's true, but it depends on. <laughs> uh,
5: she did that's how she answered.
4: She, she did one, answer. One but... thing I, I was take, take away from this. Go ahead, kid. I said one thing. I was just in hearing her talk and just going through the whole issue of how um, the legal loop of I guess trapdoors or minefield that we run into in the profession. Um, I always go back to people have this perception of architects being that arrogant um, person who knows it all and doesn't want to do stuff. But when you start looking at things like these issues about the legal ramifications of trying to practice and how you're going to practice, how you're going to organize, what states you can work in, you know, it's like, that's, that's really not arrogance. It comes from you know knowing what's going on and what's, what's happening. And it's, it's not, it's not so much architect's arrogance, it's the public's ignorance about what, what we do.
1: I think there would be a lot of people amazed. I mean, I, I was tonight just sitting here watching and listening to Patty, you know, as she rattles off, you know, in 23 states and, you know, 15 and this, that, and the other. And she obviously knows, knows her stuff. Um I mean, that's, she's got a business called licensure, right? Yeah. I mean, so obviously she would, but, but. For all the conversations it's Thursday now, where well, this is so it's the fourth day in a row we've had conversations revolving around business entities and licensures and ethics and some of these things. And just the the sheer enormity of the number of variables and variations and she obviously has a very good handle on it because that's what she does, but for an individual A Christian or a Ken or Catherine or anybody to go. Okay, how do I know these things? You know, she's she Patty's in it all day, every day, and I. To your point, Ken, to say you know I can't do this because of this, or the whole thing is very scary. You know, just listening to it, yeah, um, and not wanting to make a make a mistake. You know, in some of her cautionary tales doesn't make you feel any better i don't think um yeah. and and right. i don't think any of that was meant to be an advertisement for your attorney right i mean it's just this is the way it is
4: yeah yeah that's it like i said the, the work i've been doing now is architect a record for people that's you know it makes it even more complicated you know you get the request hey can you just stamp this drawing for me I'm like, whoa, whoa, we can't, we can't do that. That's illegal. And then, you know, people are shocked to hear that that's something that's actually against the law to do.
2: Yeah, and that's a big deal. That's a big deal, and people still try to convince you to stamp it anyway. I don't know. Right. I It's
4: and for five hundred bucks. You know?
2: Right. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. There, there have been a few big plane stamping cases. You know where I am over the years. Oh. Um, you know, was it yesterday? It was yesterday we talked about the the Charlie Munger dorm at UCSB wow. and, and, and the one at Michigan as well. And, you know, we, we started talking about design very tie into this conversation today, but yeah, I, my first job out of school I worked for a firm in Chicago called Epstein. We did a lot of architecture work on, on big, you know, very prominent projects, Helmut Jahn's United Term, Chicago Museum, big, very high profile. Um, and this, this sort of gives new, uh, New appreciation, for, you know, whoever was was uh, wrangling all of these things. Up. Yeah, I mean, some of those, uh, some of those architects, or I guess we can't even call them a design architect, according to what what uh, Patty was the saying. Te- technically, they came design. to be architects. Yeah,
3: yeah. 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 That's uh, why I'm also work. interested in the label because, sure, I went to architecture school and I enjoyed it, and I'm proud to be an architect and whatever, but. I'm more than happy to give away that label if it allows me to do what I
4: want to do. Uh, you know, helping other architects or so on. And I also wondered about all these
3: people who are hiring, uh, remote help from other states and from other countries. How does that work?
4: Yeah. It's like the folks that hire the the drafting help from, from overseas to, because they work very, very inexpensively, but they're, you know, and uh, granted, most of a lot of them are trained in America, in the United States. They're trained in the American system, but now they're working from, you know, across the ocean, and yeah. know, what is a real experience? You know, who's yeah, really there's, doing work? There are some advantages too on on
3: uh with the different time zones. I mean, Scott Reynolds mentioned when he was working in Hong Kong, it was probably all American trained architects, but they were. You know, twelve hours apart. So when when half the firm was working, the other half was sleeping, and uh, I suppose you move things a lot faster that way. But,
2: uh, well, I um, think it would be different if you were doing work in the other country where someone, if someone's in Rome, for example, and you're like you wouldn't be, I wouldn't be able to practice do projects in Rome just because I have someone there doing the drafting. But if she's doing my drafting, just drafting, and it's just a project, is that is I, that an I issue? Think that's-
1: I think that's a fundamental question. You know, I think I also think that that gets to Christian's question about being licensed in New York and doing specs for somebody in California. And, you know, as Ken said, it's who's, you know, who's, who's the architect of record? Who's the person stamping it that's taking responsibility? I, I think there's, um, and now I w- really wish we had asked the question that bluntly when we were talking to, uh, to Patty, but it, it must come down to that because. Someone in in India or the Philippines or or Rome or wherever they are that's that's doing the drafting work, Um, according to some states, that's going to be providing architectural services, but I'm guessing they're not, probably California, Uh, but I'm guessing that they're not licensed in California, so um, I think there's a fundamental question out there.
2: If someone just tells me what to do, and I just do it, am I being an architect? I mean, if I am an architect, I guess I'm always an architect, just doing what someone else tells me to do.
3: And where where does uh, drafting end and uh, design begin? Yeah. You, You give a little freehand sketch to someone in Rome or in another state or whatever, and they start drawing it in Revit or AutoCAD or whatever, and then they start deciding where to put the windows and things like that. Is that drafting or is that design?
2: That's thinking too much for yourself, Christy. You just have to tell them where to put the window, and then well, they're just drafting.
4: Well, well, well. Here's a concern. I, I had a, a project I was doing here, a facade re- re- uh, renovation, and uh, the owner wanted to get some renderings done. So they went online and got a designer from somewhere to put some drawings together for them of this facade. And this where it, uh, made me realize that you really need to have a local architect working or involved in the project because this person who who did the, the drawing that they really liked. Obviously had never experienced snow or cold weather before because, you know, what they were proposing to put on this building is like, you could never do that in Michigan, not in Detroit and and not on this street. So uh, I think along with the subtleties that came out from the discussion about the subtleties in the licensing laws and how, you know, getting registered and licensed in different states has its subtle differences. Just practicing in different states has its subtle differences yeah, on top true. of that. Yeah. So yeah, that's, you that's know, a really good point. Right, so it's just uh, you know the, the yeah. different. Even though it's all international building code, Illinois is different than Michigan.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just being in Arizona yeah. recently, all the materials and uh, issues that they have out there are totally different than the ones. We've-
1: yeah, well, I know we're headed uh, and almost to the top of the hour here. We need to wrap this up. So why don't we, um, you know, what's what's the maybe the one or two things that this uh this conversation with patty today has either inspired you or scared you into uh into doing uh for your business in the next uh next couple of days i feel like i need
3: to contact her and uh even though it kind of hurts my wallet i think i have to give myself and my colleagues the same advice that we give homeowners you know it's Hire a professional. Don't get advice from other people at Andrea Architects or from your CPA or your brother in law or whatever. Just you know, get good advice from someone who really knows their stuff.
4: And Patty mm-hmm. seems to be one of them. Well
5: just,
3: two things that two good.
4: things I would take two things I would take away is number one, from our from our comments, it's complicated. And what we're doing is there's a lot of complexity to it. Um but at the same time, that does inspire me to want to encourage me to want to seek out the, the subtleties and getting licensed in, a, in another state. I, I do believe that's something I'm going to still be doing just now with, you know, maybe a little wider eyes open, <laughs> more aware of the, the issues that are going to come up now. And like I said, Christian said, she's, she's, that's a somebody who I probably should be talking to before we go much further.
2: Mm.
4: How about you, Catherine?
2: Well, I was kind of wondering about me saying I'm an architect on my podcast, but um I do say I'm, I'm from Massachusetts and I, I was thinking, well, if I can do exempt work, that means I should be able to give people advice and I should call my lawyer and ask him again because I already asked him once. And I'm sure if I call him and ask him again, he's going to say, you want to pay me to have the same conversation we already had? Because I already told you that I wouldn't do that if I were you. So. But I do wonder about the... He said he thought it was probably okay for me to say I was an architect on my podcast because I'm not offering to design a...
1: Offering services. But you could say you're an architect in Massachusetts, right?
2: I can't... Well, that's what I say. That's what I say. So I feel like that's not that misleading. I don't say, like, I'm America's architect. (laughs) 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 Imagine saying that. Oh, man, there would be a lot of angry architects.
4: America's team. Maybe we should be qualifying it now. It's not just I'm an architect, but I'm a... I'm a Michigan architect. I'm a New York architect. You've got to, it's got to have that qualifier on it. So,
2: yeah. And I don't think you can casually tell someone in the bar you're an architect, and if you're not in your home state, I can't state. be
4: George. I can't be George. I can't be George Costanza. Use it to pick up chicks.
2: <laughs> not anymore.
4: <laughs> Always wanted to pretend to be <laughs> only an in Michigan.
2: Only in Michigan. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, they they already had
1: the the lawsuit in in uh, New York that they named after him after the character. Yeah. State of New York yeah. versus Vandalay Industries, which is one of the greatest cases of all time. <laughs> you know, they just uh, that one uh, wrapped up a couple of years ago now. Well, um, yeah, it was it was a great conversation with Patty. I, it's this is one of those weeks where I kind of walk away from this, one wondering how much clarity we actually found. Mm. Um. I, I think the the clarity is in that we don't know what we don't know, and we better be careful. Um, and, and maybe, maybe that's exactly the clarity that we need. But uh, uh, you know, I always, I like to come out with 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 answers. You know, this, so we had this conversation. You know, we'll come full circle on this. We had this conversation with Zach six weeks or so ago, mm-hmm. and we came out of that with a lot of questions, and uh, which led to this conversation with with Patty. And uh, it sounds like we'll have another conversation with Patty down the road. As well, which is good news, I think. But uh, I guess that's the big takeaway, buddy out there. Is we we don't know what we don't know. So, uh, as Christian said, find find a qualified professional that uh, that does and get get that. Seek their advice, get that help. Um, you know, I've always been a little bit cavalier about being able to uh, set up business entities and, and not not typically professional architecture firm or something like that, but. Uh, just go through the Secretary of State website. Oh, I can set that up. You know, just a form with 50 bucks or whatever it is. But mm-hmm. might think a little bit differently <laughs> about that uh, in the future. So,
4: um, yeah,
1: good takeaways today. Well, for all of you out there that are uh, are listening into this, first of all, thank you. Thanks for listening in. Um, thanks for supporting Context and Clarity. Uh, we're glad that you're around here. Join us sometime for Context and Clarity live. Uh, if you can. It's always a good conversation. We um we have these conversations every Thursday uh, for Context and Clarity Live Esther, you can find them on Facebook and Twitter and Twitch and YouTube and um our guest next week for Context and Clarity Live will be Diane Nicholas. Uh, she is a partner in Sam, I'm gonna say it that way, S A A M Architecture she I I I'm really looking forward to this conversation next week because she I'm gonna say is at the nexus of equitable practice and hybrid practice. Um and I I think it's gonna be a really interesting conversation on the heels of what we've been going through the last eighteen or nineteen months, um and looking forward to what equitable practice means, what the effect of of remote practice, hybrid practice, um, employees or or partners, um, consultants that you might have. So I'm looking forward to having that conversation with Diana next week, um, and uh, we'll do that at 4 p.m. Eastern uh, inside the Entree Architect Community Facebook group, but also the Entree Architect YouTube channel, Twitch stream, um, my Twitter account. So at Jeff underscore Eccles, that's my social handle everywhere and uh, also on my uh on my linkedin profile so join us in one of those places or listen to the podcast version wherever you consume podcasts so for all of you out there thank you um for listening christian thanks for being with us today great to have you here for inviting me ken really appreciate you being here as well and uh and Catherine, uh as always thanks for uh for keeping the wheels on the bus and, mm. and moving in, uh, in, in one general direction. Uh, always, uh, always <laughs> fun pleasure, to have you in pleasure. the conversation as well. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, everybody, again, appreciate you. Uh, take care, be well, stay well, stay safe, keep those around you safe. Or well, find a little bit of time to breathe and relax. Um, we don't have to stress about this all, all the time. Find a little, w- little way to, uh, get rejuvenated because we're going to do this again. Uh, we said this earlier, Context and Clarity Live Tuesday will be our 400th Context and Clarity conversation, which is absolutely amazing to think about. We're going to just keep doing it. We're going to do it again tomorrow. So um, again, appreciate all of you and I hope i see you somewhere sometime soon. Thanks everybody. I want to say thank you to Infratech Outdoor Comfort Heating for their support of this episode of the Context and Clarity podcast. Visit infratechusa.com slash podcast to sign up for a free consultation and learn why Infratech is the choice for bringing indoor comfort to outdoor living. All right, well, now you know what we thought and what we're going to do with what we learned. But what did you think? What did we miss? I really hope that there was some big takeaway from the Context and Clarity Live conversation or from our breakdown right here that will help you with your business. DM me on Instagram or on Twitter and let me know what your takeaways were. You can find me on all the socials at Jeff underscore Eccles. So send me a message and let me know what your takeaway was. And if you want more conversations like this, subscribe to the Context and Clarity podcast and leave us an honest review and rating. Those things really help us to get the message out and help us to help more architects just like you. Oh, and follow Context and Clarity on Instagram as well. There you can get a heads up on everything that's coming up. In our next episode, Catherine and I will host Context and Clarity live again with a new special guest and a new theme for next week. There's always something new to look forward to. And if you love content like this, check out Gable Media. It's a multimedia network for people that care about the built environment. And it's also the home of context and clarity. With Gable's growing family of podcasts and video channels, I know you'll find something there that interests you. You can learn more at GableMedia.com. That's G A B L Media.com. And finally, if the topic of today's episode is of particular interest to you and you'd like to dig deeper into it, then join me over in the Entree Architect Community Facebook group. That's where every weekday, At 4 p.m. Eastern, I host Context and Clarity Conversations, and we take topics just like this and we dig deeper. We have a conversation in real time to try to find more clarity around the things that matter most to you. So thanks for listening. I hope our time together has inspired you to think about your community and your practice and how you can support those around you. Catherine and I will be back for our next episode. And in the meantime, I hope you'll join me and the Entree Architect community on Facebook today at 4 p.m. Eastern so that we can help each other find more clarity around the topics that matter most, no matter what your context may be.
0: I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh, yeah, we're doing this. I'm looking for projects. You got anything? I'm not there
4: yet because it scares the out of me.